0: Welcome to JPI 5, a podcast featuring five questions and five answers regarding the California water industry, risk pools, risk management, and more. To support 5, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share episodes with others, and leave us a review. Five stars, of course. Thank you for listening. Now, please welcome our host and guest for today.
1: there and welcome to this edition of Aqua JPIA's 5. I am your host for today, Jennifer Job. I serve as the director of pooled programs for the JPIA and joining me today and on the heels of our most recent podcast earlier this month, passing the baton and in recognition of October Cyber Security Month, we have with us today Ben Duffy from Kind and Ted Batterin from No Before they are joining us to talk a little bit about cybersecurity. So Ben, would you please go ahead and introduce yourself?
2: Absolutely, yes, of course. Well, first of all, thank you very much for the invite to join today. This is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, My name is Ben Duffy. I am a Brit that has recently moved over to the shores of the U.S., so I'm here in Southern California. My title is kind of VP, head of Kind's business in the U.S. Yeah, Kind is a a cyber risk management firm and very pleased to be joining the uh, conversation today. So thank you.
1: And Ted.
3: Hi, everybody. My name is Ted. Thank you for having me, first of all, and hello to Ben as well. I am with No Before the VP of Sales here. I am on the opposite exact coast of where all y'all are located. I'm right outside Tampa, Florida, and happy to be part of it today.
1: Well, welcome. So with that, we'll go ahead and jump right in. And our first question is, can the two of you, one at a time, please, Tell our listeners why cybersecurity is so vital and important to our California water agencies. How about you, Ted? It's super important
3: for everybody, really regardless of industry, but specifically to the Aqua JPIA, to guard your assets, guard your business. And it starts from hardware to software. humans, super important for the human element in all of your organizations to become smarter. And if you really think about people's lives, you know, a lot of people at home don't have the best habits. They'll use the same password over and over and over. They'll share passwords with other people, or they'll have the same passwords, not just on, you know, 20 different supposedly secure websites like banking websites, credit cards, even bill paying websites, but they'll never change their password. And a lot of times those bad habits are carried over into the business world and there are cyber criminals out there all day waiting to take advantage of the slightest amount of human error and weakness. And so it's important to have really top notch cybersecurity hygiene because the organization you're working for, there's assets there and there's that all has to be protected.
1: So I think what you're saying, Ted, is password one, two, three may uh, not be uh, encouraged.
3: <laughs> that is probably the most recognized password out there. That's really funny. Yeah, that is highly discouraged. So a lot of people listening to this don't quite understand or, or may not see the depth of like sinister moves cyber criminals take, but there's something out there, for example, called credential stuffing, where they will take password 123 and just send it out, trying to get into accounts. It might be a couple million a day. And they're looking to just simply get into one And if anybody is at work and using a very simple password that doesn't have any other type of security on top of it, like another little factor that you have to get through, like a passcode that's texted to you or something like that, it's like being on a freeway and the toll booths are all open and it's come on in.
1: How about you, Ben? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, I I couldn't agree more. No, it's, I think it's the, the, the cyber issue has risen up the kind of boards to do list and and thoughts uh, dramatically over the last kind of, you know, three or four years, the water utility space, I mean, drinking water, wastewater systems, of course, they're just essential for community lifelines, you know, and even if you're not involved in that industry, that's pretty, pretty obvious. And of course, there's a huge focus on sustained uninterrupted operations. That's really, you know, operational kind of continuity uh, really kind of comes off the page and there's of course like a number of challenges when you when you're kind of defending water infrastructure many systems in california and actually actually not just california nationwide to be fair are still operating outdated software you know sometimes as we've just touched on you know poor password management the human fallibility part that that Ted is touching on which is such a huge component i think you know in california which i'm kind of learning the geography but the you know the epic sierra nevada snowpack and the big melt and what that's done for reservoir managers and 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 alike you know it's just raised the stakes around cybersecurity so I quite like the phrase cyber resilience, although I always find it quite broad. And I try, we try to unpack that at Kind. Kind is just one part of that journey. But, you know, it really does bring in things like business continuity, it brings in IT system security, and it brings in organizational resilience. And it's really about Preparedness to kind of anticipate these things coming over the over the horizon, to be able to detect cyber risks, and then really the, the the kind of last part to it is is recover. You know, recover from cyber attacks. You know, minimizing the downtime is a really big part to when we stand back and we talk about cyber resilience. It covers those kind of three areas. So fascinating discussion, and and from our perspective, and and I'm sure Ted probably agrees from from the Nobel perspective. We're parts of the puzzle. You know, it's it's a bit of a broad landscape that we work in but fascinating space and and lots to discuss
1: absolutely and and interestingly enough and you mentioned the word puzzle and we are seeing with our members as we're rolling out this new kind of you know cybersecurity risk management program and educating our members relative to all the varying pieces of that puzzle can the two of you speak to what you see as really the greatest benefit or how our agencies benefit from a proactive approach that we're uh, encouraging our members to utilize via your respective services.
3: Ben, you were on a roll. You left off with cyber resiliency, so take it away. I'll come in a second.
2: Yeah, okay. Thanks, Ed. Well, look, Kynes' perspective on this, we're very much the kind of the proactive start of members' journey on cyber. And that's not to say that we expect members to be not doing anything around cyber. Kinds' role is really to come in in quite an additive nature and, and help bolster and, and support things. But when I say proactive, Kynes, from a technical perspective, is non-invasively identifying all of the members kind of externally facing infrastructure, its assets, its configuration. The same way hackers tend to run an automated scan to discover exposed and vulnerable infrastructure, it's the same kind of starting point for kind. The very basic crude analogy, and forgive me for all the technical folk that might be listening to this Podcast where this is a bit basic, but, you know, standing on the street and saying to the house owner, hey, look, we can see that your window's open, your door's not locked, your security light isn't on. Those are the kind of type of metrics that we can see from the outside without having to do behind the firewall scans, really looking at public information. So without going on too much more down a rabbit hole, our job at kind is to reduce the susceptibility and to kind of lower the head from the parapet and 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 to support that in a in a continual monitoring fashion so external vulnerability management again is one one piece of the puzzle and the final thing i'll just mention in kind's role uh, and maybe we'll, we'll discuss this in a bit more detail is kind of the concept of insurability versus cybersecurity because they're they're two kind of different things they're intrinsically linked of course but Maintaining insurability, keeping the cyber insurance there, which has gone through an incredibly hardening market, but generally proactively getting folks uh, on the right path and and quick fixes, exposed and vulnerable software, closing RDP ports, you know, basic email protocol, those kind of things is, is where Kind begins.
3: Hey, Ben, really well said. I'm going to, some of my, my answer is going to be much shorter because you absolutely covered a lot of the things I was going to say. You know, your, your statement about maintaining insurability versus cybersecurity is spot on and also about standing on the street, seeing that the windows are open, security lights not on. That's the way we look at what our platform does too in a proactive sense. So for example, we have an automated phishing and training platform. And so the metrics that we can find out are the weaknesses in your human firewall. And so the, those are the, open you know that's that toll booth that the cyber criminals are constantly looking to just drive 100 miles an hour through so the metrics we can gather the platform will run its own simulated phishing tests and it's simply a data gathering piece to see where an organization's vulnerabilities are on the human side and then the training piece is automatically sent out to the users to make them smarter to, close the doors turn on the security light lock the windows and so i think like where ben you and i are like the bookends of a security stack yeah where we're trying to lock down the whole piece of it through different
2: methods i couldn't agree more and and actually just to add to, to ted's point it doesn't take much looking around at the statistics to realize you know people clicking links in emails Is still one of the largest components to cyber issues. You know, invoice forward, paying a vendor that you think is a vendor and they've spoofed your domain and it's not a vendor and you've just transferred X number of thousands of dollars to some third party, you know, that's rife. So, with water utility, especially, there's there's huge operational components as we were touching on because they're very quite intricate systems and they can be connected. But even just the pain of losing financial gains by paying the wrong people, and that plagues every industry vertical, to be fair.
1: Makes absolute sense, gentlemen. And I think uh, to continue using the analogy of who's watching the home and the security of that uh, leads us into kind of the we're backing into exactly what services each of your respective companies will be bringing to our members. So if you could talk a little bit and explain to our listeners specifically, what is kind bringing? How is that rolling out with the members? What are the services exactly as well with no before? And then in part of that kind of takes us into the other piece of our question is that with those services and as you roll them out individually within our participating members, what are the benefits? What are the long-term takeaways and benefits to the individual member agencies in utilizing both KIND and before?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, ultimately, with KIND, as I mentioned, it's the kind of the initial journey. And when I say that, it's relating to what can we see immediately from the outside. So external vulnerability scans makes up the core components of our technical integration. We We started working with public entity clients uh, about three years ago because our business started in London helping underwriters understand clients before they were going to give them insurance. So in 2019, there was a huge ransomware spike, which created a a hugely hardening cyber insurance market. And it meant members were paying more premium and some folks weren't able to get insurance. And it became very, very difficult to, to even procure cyber liability insurance. In that landscape there was a real need to try and get pools uh, into a bit more of an insurable state to kind of help members on the ground and and it's a mix of technology and consultancy at kind we realize that kind cyber insurance application forms are not the easiest they can be a real pain point and there's a lot of gray between the black and white on this is mandatory you know this is kind of what your cyber underwriter really needs to see in place versus this is a nice to have you know and when the binary options are yes or no on a question but in reality the answer is i don't know or maybe there's there's a real inherent issue with the the cyber insurance space so kind ready which is the program that we have with aqua jpia is uh very much focused on reducing the susceptibility to ransomware so it's closing a lot of the ports it's fixing email security it's dealing with the low-hanging fruit the things that are very easy to be exploited uh, but easily fixed to monitor that but then to really help with that kind of you know some of the more internal processes things like mfa things like writing a business continuity plan some of those security processes and functions that you know they're not changed overnight and actually there's a need for kind of just prioritizing okay if we're going to focus on something where do we start for the first couple of weeks and to to kind of lead into Ted's world a huge part of that as I say it's it's a bit of a crude way of you know people clicking links and emails but the human fallibility part is is very, very difficult to get right. And it's about culture and training and and Ted's organization is, you know, the the best guys in the world really to, to help with that. So yeah, mix of tech and consultancy. And I think works quite nicely with all of the good info and, and support Ted's organization has.
3: Yeah. And continuing along on that. And thanks for the kind words, by the way, Ben, continuing along the lines of, you know, where Ben was leading, what our platform does is it safely mimics what cyber criminals are doing all day every day, which is sending out what cyber criminals are doing is trying to find openings on the human layer side. So they're sending out phishing emails, hoping to get somebody to click. Yeah, click on a fake invoice. And the moment somebody clicks, now they're in your system because that's actually a malicious link. So now they're in your system. And that's where the real damage happens so what our platform does is it sends out simulated phishing emails and there's a training component to it so actually pretty quickly within the first we found over the last 11 years within the first 90 to 120 days of simply running one phishing test simulated phishing test per month the awareness level spikes so quickly, so high, people are on basically hyper alert. The moment they fail one simulated phishing test, that actually like turbocharges their alertness as well. And what we're looking to what we create that ben had touched on is a really strong cyber, you know, I don't know if this is the right word, but cyber hygiene culture, one where, with our training in place as well. One where employees feel as if, all right, I understand my responsibilities here as an email user with my aqua.jpia.org email address. They understand their responsibilities and they also understand their vulnerabilities. And very quickly, that kind of mindset of not really caring about what they click on all of a sudden dissipates. And that's what really strengthens an organization.
1: Yeah, and definitely, you know, as both of you have have previously mentioned, the overall benefit and goal from in utilization of your services and from Aqua JPIA's end is to boost the overall insurability, right? Of of the, the members. And when we're looking at the intent is that by utilizing your services, increasing or growing attention to overall cyber hygiene, that the members and the program-wide will recognize, you know, cost savings, expanded coverage, all things that will benefit the members, both at an individual level, but at a, a pooled level as well. So insurability is, is is the key point there, I believe.
3: Yeah, if I could briefly jump in. There are so many cyber insurers out there now that, I mean, obviously the insurance game is to reduce the amount of payments they have to make, For any types of incidents happening, no matter what line of insurance it is. Really, what this type of what our platform does, as well as Kinds platform, is it reduces the risk that's out there. And I agree with Ben going back to one of his answers. She said it's all about maintaining insurability. There's a lot of organizations out there that are left kind of, again, doors open, windows open, no security light on that cannot get insurance. So, reducing risk, maintaining insurability. You're right on him when you said that, Jennifer.
2: Yeah. Just to add to it, I I realized when I was talking about Kind, I was probably skipping past the point to say we're a cyber risk management company. I kind of, that whole part eluded me. So apologies. But to, to kind of point, put us in the ecosystem, uh, we're not a security firm and, and we don't go and fix everything for members because members are already doing some really great stuff. We're kind of from an additive nature. But the, 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 the scanning for these low hanging fruits, these other elements is, is one part of it. And the internal processes, which... Uh, very hard to tell. You know, We we can't scan from the outside the level of MFA deployment or whether you have a business continuity plan or whether you've segregated your backups. The insurance industry wish it could scan for that and know without having to ask you a questionnaire. But really, the only way to get that information is, is utilizing the information collected in applications and also in our KindOn platform, which I won't go into a whole Product spiel about that, but all of every member within uh, Aqua JPI will have uh, complimentary access to that. It's very simple. There's nothing you need to do. There's no cost to do any of that. Part of that is a very simple question set, which runs alongside the whole insurance piece because it does start to help us have Intel on where folks are at and, and where we best can support. And the final piece to all of this really is the, the CISA, which is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. They essentially, in November 2021, published their kind of catalogue of the most critical and actively exploited cybersecurity vulnerabilities, so the things that are actively being exploited in the wild. We track and monitor that catalogue and essentially work off the subset of the ones that are really being acted on out in the wild and are continually proactively will be scanning the whole of the aqua jpia constituents and the moment that there is a situation like a not patcher or, or a log 4j these are kind of zero day vulnerabilities that hit the news headlines within 24 hours we can actually tell from the outside if you are actually susceptible to that particular vulnerability so it's a patch on a piece of software or or, or others so Rest assured, we're going to be doing that in the background. And the moment that hits the news headlines, if you are vulnerable and susceptible, you will have a nice notification from the authority, from Aqua and us, and uh, we'll help you remediate and get on track.
1: Well, that is the overall goal, right? To ensure or to at least work toward a reduction in in overall incurred claims and and having our insurers or Aqua JPIA pay out on those claims. So excellent points, uh, both of you. So I think we'll uh, wrap up with one of our, I believe, probably one of the most important questions for our listeners. You know, our member agencies, obviously, at the end of the day, their primary function is ensuring critical water infrastructure for the communities in which they support but can each of you speak briefly to the amount of kind of overall time and effort that will be involved or required in implementing and maintaining both of the services that your organizations provide? As well, we have, you know, a number of of members and and likely listeners to to this podcast that may be wondering, you know, how does Kind and before you know, interweave or work with maybe some outsourced um, IT providers? Not all of our agencies are robust or staffed up enough, if you will, to have in-house IT assistance. And so uh, if you could speak to that a little bit, that would be helpful.
3: With Noble before, it's super easy. Our platforms are basically set it and forget it. You do not need to have any even medium technical like IT expertise to be able to run our platform. In addition, every customer of ours has a specialist here that is there for all types of support. We'll help you set up the platform reach out frequently, send you out suggestions. You know, every month there's some specified, like some training highlights that we'll send out. There's a lot of AI in the platform as well. So it starts to learn an organization's user's habits while they're in the platform. Then our platform will send out phishing templates based on their use, as well as trainings based on their responses to those some of the simulated phishing templates for example if the platform sends out a phishing email that's saying like hey you have a new linkedin friend click here to see you, to to be ben duffy and somebody clicks on it and that's a malicious email however it's a simulated malicious email we'll know from there there's some social media vulnerabilities then the platform will automatically start sending out facebook twitter anything to see if the next response from the simulated phishing email the next simulated phishing email that goes out is based on the previous response from the end user to that topic in the other email and then the training is matched up for it where where if they clicked on that linkedin link or training that goes out is you know how to watch your security, basically you know how to how to be more aware of when you're using all types of social media. So you have that component to it. So you don't need somebody monitoring the platform. You have somebody here internally. It's their job to make sure that everybody is super happy with the way their platform is running. In addition, we have national agreements with thousands of outsourced IT providers. A lot of them reseller platform a lot of them actually own our platform and sell it, or it's part of their package for their users as well. So they run the platform for their customer organizations. So in conclusion about our platform, really easy to use. We do have organizations that don't have IT departments there where they have somebody that runs it from that location, automated and we offer constant help and assistance throughout the life of somebody with us.
2: Yeah, it's similar nature, really, on kind side. I think cyber fatigue over notification sometimes lots and lots of dashboards it's difficult for it managers sometimes it's actually the job of kind and, and i'm sure know before as well to kind of keep everyone calm not over notify so one of the big sprints that kind's been on for for our insurance partners folks like beasley and token marine and you know carriers of that sort is you know what, what is the subset of things that we need to talk about because we don't need to talk about absolutely everything A certificate on a domain that has expired is, of course, an IT issue and it's worth keeping track of, but it's not something we need to be picking up the phone and talking to members about. So in that instance, everything is a managed service on Kine's perspective. All that we need to do our analysis is the website of each member. Of course, some members might not have a website. So there's a slightly different technique there. But ultimately, that's the starting point. You don't need to do anything really. The notifications will be sent to you. There's an enrollment into our Kind On platform that's very, very simple. And then that's rescanning each member's digital footprint and, and their, their website and all of their connected domains and all of their services. It's rescanning them every 12 hours in the background. So, of course, being totally candid, we're there to help support members' own risk governance, to give them very easy, actionable insights, and to kind of keep the pool ahead and the members ahead of where's the insurance market, where are they thinking and where are they going? So the same way that we advise folks and underwriters in the insurance industry, we essentially want to be advising members and keeping members six to eight months ahead of where the insurance industry is going. It's not the primary process for Kind, but it, it is a from our particular vantage point, we're, we're able to best support members there. So very simple, very easy to use. We have a fantastic operations team in the US. Email support, intercom support. We're there as much or as little as folks need us. We're not there to badger members. So, very much look forward to meeting everybody.
1: All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate the candor and information that's provided to our members. And we'd like to thank you, all our listeners, for tuning in to this edition of JPIA's Five.
3: Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate the invite, Jennifer. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to JPI 5. Remember to leave us a five-star review, comment, or subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you have a topic or guest speaker you would like us to feature or a question you would like to learn more about, please send us an email at podcast at aquajpia.com. Until our next episode, thank you for making us a part of your day.